Dallas Willard once said, you must arrange your days so that you are experiencing deep contentment, joy, and confidence in your everyday life with God. I wrote that in my journal. I tried to memorize it. I kept getting the words out of order because I was like, <laughs> I really want to, I want to have this quote. I want to use it. And so it was like, oh, got to arrange my days so that I'm experiencing deep contentment, joy, and confidence in my everyday life with God. And by the way, I just said that. I didn't read it like I have it memorized. There is no reason <laughs> for you to out me on reading it when I first started. Come oh, on. I know. You know, I, I, I just wanted you to know and our listeners to know that that's how important that quote has been over the last six months to me yeah. as so many changes, so many things. And I think what I love is the whole arranger days, which gives me that responsibility to make sure that I am like taking control of my time and making the most of what I've been given. I agree. And this it has become super important in our lives. Yeah. We probably say this quote to one another once a day at least. Yeah, uh, often. Uh, very often. For me, it's all about intentionality. It's that personal responsibility, that intention that is required to live the kind of life that we believe God has for us. We've been talking for the last couple of weeks about what it is to have a holy, authentic life, what it is to pursue a vibrant and sustainable life in Christ. And that requires intention. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen if you just are the passive, like, let it happen to me. You know, I'm just going to wake up and have this awesome life with God and everything is going to be perfect. And, you know, that's right. just not that's not how it goes. No, there are too many distractions <laughs> yeah. in this world and mm -hmm. so many things calling out to us saying, this is what you need. Voices, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, are super loud. Man, they are. And they don't have anything to do with what we truly need. Uh, I wrote down a few questions as I was thinking this through for our, our talk today. Uh, things like, what voices are you listening to? What are your influences? Are you being intentional about the influences in your life? Then I also asked the question, what do you love or enjoy that is actually sucking the life out of you? Ugh. Yeah, it's a drain. Like, where are the drains? What What is it that you're doing that you feel like you're pouring into it and you're getting nothing in return? Right, right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. So mm -hmm. today, we want to focus on things like that. Uh, what are some very practical things that we can uh, use to influence us in the right way? What are some very practical uh, ways to identify the things that are sucking life out of us? Because we have to be willing to identify things that we love, we are enjoying. <laughs> or, or we're addicted to. Oh, ouch. <laughs> wow, you, you didn't have to go there, did oh, you? Oh, you know, I did, because that's part of the journey that we're on is recognizing unhealthy coping strategies. Right. right. So let's just say most of us, if we're at the point where we are saying something's got to change, it's because we've been living in some sort of dysfunction and we recognize it even in our own lives. On the outside, everything may look great, 
But on the inside, if we're honest with ourselves, we're constantly hiding the turmoil or the emotional uh, life that we have on the inside that's not satisfied with where we are. The phrase repeated unwanted behavior comes to mind. I keep making that sound. I don't know. I mean, sometimes you just have to kind of have a like a gut reaction, sometimes a visceral thing. And, and it's hard to put it into words. Sometimes it's just more of an emotional response. Yeah. And so we're coming to this topic from our dysfunction, <laughs> from maybe we're we are facing depression. Maybe we're facing anxiety in our life. Maybe worry is our big monster that hovers over us all the time or just stress from daily living. The list goes on and on and on. And this is where we start. Right. We start from here and we say, why is this our life? What's bringing up these feelings? What's causing us to have have repeated unwanted behavior in our lives? What's causing us to be depressed or anxious or worrisome or stressed out? What's causing that and where can we go with it to change? Yeah, no, that's so good. And what you're talking about is actually part of that vibrant, sustainable life that we've talked about before, where we have to be honest with what we're feeling. And are we even allowing ourselves to feel or are we just numbing all the time? Like, we can numb even through positive addictions is what I would call it. But most of the time, we get caught up in those negative addictions, those unwanted things that we want to break, get freedom from so that we're not looking to those things for life and then walking away in more bondage to them. Or maybe we have negative side effects from choosing those things that are showing up. Exactly. That's the key. Yeah. That's where we have to start. And for me, for you, Mm -hmm. that started by being very intentional about the influences in our lives. Oh, I remember we were having this conversation. I don't know if what even started it, if it was some behaviors we saw in our kids or in our own lives. I can't even remember what started, but I know we've been talking about this for years now of mm-hmm. those things that we're doing, we're, we're putting, you know, into our minds, into our lives on a daily basis, whether it's mm-hmm. movies, TV shows, the music that we listen to, the different influences. And mm-hmm. I know in different seasons of our life, I can remember us saying, okay, we're not going to listen to this anymore. We're not going to watch these kinds of movies anymore. And I remember these different times we've gone through. We must identify things in our lives that we're enjoying that we ought not be enjoying. Mm. In fact, John wrote in his letter, 1 John chapter 2, he wrote these words, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and a pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. Mm. That's huge. That's why we have to root out some of these things that are in our lives. We're craving them. Hmm. We're desiring them. But they're not bringing us 
life. Absolutely not. In fact, those would be those things we were talking about earlier that are draining us or sucking the life out of us because we walk away more stressed or more anxious or more sad. I don't know. Like I know there are times that I've gotten into like a series. I I would get into this binge watching some of these shows and it would be like you get to the end of it. Oh, I got to watch the next one, you know, and the next one. And you kind of have to stop at some point and you walk away feeling exhausted, mm. feeling like I am I'm just been through the ringer with these characters. They're not even real. And mm-hmm. my emotions mm-hmm. are just strung out. What is going on? Why am I craving, just like the scripture said, why am I craving these things? And then it's leaving me empty. That is so true. And what I have found, not only do we have to root them out, But even more importantly, we have to replace them with something good. Yeah. Because there there are things that are going to have influence. We we need influence in our life, but they need to be the right ones. And so we root out all of these things that are draining us. But if we just leave it empty, something else just like it is going to slip into that spot because that's the nature of the way we as humans behave. We remove something, but it's much easier to go to something similar, status quo, let even things we've removed slip back in. It's much easier to do that unless we are intentional and replace it with something better. One of the biggest things that changed the direction of our lives was changing the influences that came into our lives. And that started years ago when we began to search for mentors. Yeah. Oh, I remember us talking about this and kind of noticing what what are the things that we are putting in and maybe those aren't the best. Wasn't that most of them were bad. I mean, I even remember some of them were okay, you know, mm-hmm. but they just weren't the best. They weren't as um, profitable, I guess, is a good way to say it. We need things to stretch us. We need things to call us out to help us identify things in our lives that are not necessarily bad, like you've been saying, but are not on the path that we want to be on. Because we, in order to have this holy, authentic life, vibrant and sustainable life, we want to be on a path that is moving us forward in a specific direction. And it takes the right kind of influences to move us that direction. It doesn't just happen on its own, as you said earlier. So it's true. Let's go back in time. Okay, we're in our time machine. And I wish but anywho, (laughs) right? How far are we going to go back? I don't want to go back too far because I was not the person I want to (laughs) be. When we go back in time. Oh, I love this. Remember, this is about honesty, right? Right. Wholly authentic. So yeah, Yeah, there are some parts of my life that I will never go back to, but (laughs) I want to go back in time to a pretty low moment. Okay. Uh, But in the low moment, it was actually a moment of realization because I've been in ministry for 32 years. 32 years. That's ridiculous. I'm not that old. Um, (laughs) You started young, like really young. That's what it is. (laughs) Right. I started when I was negative three, but no, I'm just kidding. 32 years. I've, I've been in ministry wow. since I was 16 years old. If you know how to do oh, math, okay. now you know how old I am. But okay. 32 years I've been in ministry. Wow. I was serving at a church, sitting in a balcony, listening to a sermon. I was reading a Star Wars novel. But rather than condemning me in that moment, the Holy Spirit graciously said, Is this the life you really want? Surely there's more than this. That 
moment of realization was for me a major turning point. But I didn't have the resources that I needed to know what was wrong. Why was this where my heart was? Why was this where my mind was? So disengaged, not just with church, not just with that sermon, but with God. I was disengaged. And I was walking through a bookstore and I passed this shelf and I saw this book titled Waking the Dead, How to Have a Heart That's Fully Alive. It was exactly that prompting of the Holy Spirit in me saying, is this the life you want? And then I read this title and I say, no, that's the life. I'm dead and I want to have a heart that is fully alive. That book was written by John Eldridge, and that was almost 20 years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. Almost 20 years ago. Wow. And in the process, God used that book to set my feet on a different path. Wow. I, just as I hear this story, it, it just grips my heart. Um, it brings me back to that season with where you and I both were, young parents. You know, we had young kids, parents of young children doing everything we could to pay the bills and feeling stressed about so many things. And on one hand, people on the outside might look at us and say, oh, you know, they're, they're very successful. They're, you know, doing all these, these things well. And on the inside, this was our reality. Right from the outside? Yeah. Here's this guy who's on church staff. Right. He's Absolutely. got this beautiful family and the, he's got friends. And yet on the inside, it was hollow and there was nothing, no substance underneath that. And I would tell you now, looking back, it's just amazing that nothing huge fell on us to crush us because there was, n- there was no substance on the inside and that outer shell would have crumbled Absolutely. in a heartbeat. Just like sand. I mean, it, it just would have been wiped away. Mm, that We are that parable. Yeah, the house. <laughs> our house on the sand. On and, the sand. And thankfully, mm. that's when God drew us into a life of building our house on the rock. Wow. And so many hard conversations came. So many moments. I, I look back because that was kind of when everything started shifting of what was important, you know, and we've talked before about where is truth and, you know, based on whatever truth you're kind of building your life on, that can change, you know, your trajectory. And so I had been basing my life on, you know, that comparison and all those lies and and sw- switching, shifting into who God is, not that I have to earn and do in order to be, but that that he loves us and that I just accept that. And I'm not trying to, I don't know, live out of this false self. No, that that's really good. And I'm glad you brought up the idea of false self. Many different mentors that we have uh, at Wild at Heart, they talk about the fig leaf. Oh, yeah. They talk about uh, the false self. Pete Scazzaro in his writings talks about it as being the shadow self. We hear terms like this all the time. It is that greatest temptation in our life to live from a place that's not our truest self. Praise God that yes. it, that we're not held captive by those painful moments. That while it was painful in the moment to go through, 
We didn't stay there. We didn't stay there. Yeah. And we grew through those moments. And others around us, I think, also were challenged. It was it was kind of it was an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just that whole trajectory. And I remember you really being transformed in some ways mm-hmm. by the Waking the Dead book and how much that impacted your walk with God mm-hmm. and then how that out of that is what flowed a heart that was more fully alive, you know? Right, right. No, it, there's no doubt yeah. about the influence. When we're talking about influences, taking some things out, putting some things in, changing those influences, it's work. It's it hard. Is. And you have to fight for it because everything both in you and temptations outside of you are all going to be saying, don't do this. It's not worth it. You don't really want to put this effort in. And if you want a wholly authentic life, if you want a life that is vibrant and sustainable, you have to fight for it. Yeah. I like the way uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, which I'm a, he's one of my influences, and, mm-hmm. I, and I absolutely just love the, his ministry. I love um, theboundaries.me. Uh, I subscribe to that, and I get his uh, little coaching videos every day, his little daily you know, things, which are so good. And he talks about, which I, I really I, I agree with, that we can't be passive. Mm. That that basically we have to, he says that evil is an active force in the world and you have to stand against it. And so I just always have this picture of being in this kind of this river, not this whitewater kind of madness, but just this this river that has a current to it. And if I am passive, I get carried downstream. And even um, just standing still takes effort. You know, Mm -hmm. to fight against the current. But if you want to move upstream, then we're talking about a whole new level of intention and and exercise and, you know, all of those things that would help you fight against the current, right? Uh, You're 100%. It is in those moments that we don't even realize what is sweeping us away, what is carrying us downstream when the life we want, the life... God calls us into the life that Jesus purchased for us is upstream. Mm. It's just not going to just come without some effort and intention. We talk about distractions. We talk about having maybe the wrong priorities or the wrong focus, the wrong truth, you know, that I'm living out of. And I just, I mean, gosh, I remember at one point we were getting up at 5 a.m. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And we would rush to get ready, trying to get kids dressed, breakfasted, which is a lot, and out the door to sit in traffic forever, and then to get, you know, kids dropped off at school, get to work. I mean, and then you're exhausted, basically falling in bed at the end of the day, and then doing it all over again the next day. Mm -hmm. We had a desire, a a goal to be godly people, to live the life that God has for us. But we didn't have the intention to pursue him the way that we should. Again, I come back to the influences that we started putting into our lives. We rediscovered C.S. Lewis again. Oh, that was a real treasure for sure. Because I had never really read the Chronicles of Narnia Mm. as a kid. And I love those stories and Mere Christianity and some of the other books that he wrote. Allowing people like C.S. Lewis, 
obviously he's no longer living, mm-hmm. but yet he can still be a mentor in my life because he left behind the treasures of what God taught him. So it was C.S. Lewis. It was John Eldridge and Wild at Heart and their entire crew. Man, uh, I love, love Stacy Eldridge, John's right. wife. She just, so then there was Captivating. You know, mm-hmm. and that book absolutely wrecked me. Mm-hmm. It, there's not really a week that goes by that there's not some kind of concept or principle that I learned in that book that I don't think about. Right. I mean, it, it just has so many good things based in, in God's Word, of course. But I love, I loved that book. It was very good for me. It's fantastic. And then their ministry pointed us to Dallas Willard. One positive influence pointed us to another positive influence. And all of these influences began mentoring us. There are other people. We have our pastor, Levi Lesko. Oh, my goodness. I love Levi and Jenny and the ministry of Fresh Life Church. And they have had a a tremendous influence on us, mentoring us, which is amazing that God puts these people in our lives. Right. And we need to see them for what he has blessed us with as we go through life, to to be in that role and to receive it. If you remember, I even have Louis Giglio from going right. way back to college mm-hmm. days where before he launched Passion Church. A- apologies to Louis for you making it sound like we just went back a hundred years. <laughs> Sorry, Louis, Shelley. Um, but when they were still at Baylor doing choice, you know, that was when I was at college there and sitting under his teaching. And then the amazing connection when we heard him interview Pastor Levi Lesko for the first time during a passion conference and learning about uh, the ministry here in Montana and just so many cool things that came from that. There's something that builds upon the foundation. If we have truly moved our house off of the sand onto the rock, these are the kinds of things that begin building on that foundation to help us grow closer to God. That's what I hope we're doing here today. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason that we wanted to do this podcast is actually to share some of the the things that we've learned over the past 25 years or more and, and to help. All of these things we do because we love God. Oh, man. And because He loves us, I think He keeps pursuing. Mm. He keeps drawing. He keeps encouraging. He keeps loving us and wooing us back to Him. What you're saying is that He wants us to have a holy, authentic life Mm. that is vibrant and sustainable in Christ. Yes. Even more than we want it for ourselves. Well, in this, going back to our quote that we started from Dallas Willard, arranging, you know, arrange your days so that, so arrange your days, this is an active part, like this is a choice that you need to look at, like how am I spending my time? Do I need to get out a a calendar, a planner, and kind of look at what am I doing? Am I being passive? Am I just expecting this deeper life with God to just come upon me and change me, kind of the zap view of prayer? Um, Mm -hmm. Or am I arranging my days? I'm getting up maybe 30 minutes early to spend a little time reading God's Word for the day um, in prayer, you know, whatever that might look like. Am I arranging and and being responsible, being active, being proactive in some ways? Mm -hmm. 
And then so that I'm experiencing. So this isn't just something that, that I look at somebody else experiencing, but, but I'm asking the question, am I experiencing this? And if not, then maybe I need to take a look at why. And like we talked about earlier, those influences. And so the deep contentment, joy and confidence. I love the way that he's so descriptive of that because that deep contentment is what we're seeking. Mm-hmm. Even when we're looking maybe to some of those negative coping skills that we talked about, you know, the habits, the unwanted, repetitive behaviors that we want to cut out, we want to get rid of. And so I have to look at, okay, deep contentment, joy and confidence. So and joy is not dependent on our, our circumstances. It needs to be like fully rooted and grounded mm-hmm. in who Christ is and not letting our circumstances have, you know, that kind of impact on us, but but really experiencing that deep joy mm-hmm. um, that is un- unmovable, unshakable. Um, and then confidence, that is so good. Like, I, I guess when I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that confidence in my everyday life with God, that is where I can step out and I can take risks and I can uh, pray for someone or encourage someone or show kindness to someone when maybe I wouldn't without that confidence that comes from God. And then finally, the everyday life with God. It's not just on a certain day of the week, hey, just on my days off or whatever, but it's it's my, in my everyday life with God. And so I love the practicality of that quote. I love what that has caused me to change in mm-hmm. my own life. And I don't do it perfectly. I mean, there are days I, I look back and go, wow, I didn't arrange my days very well. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> handle that. Yeah. And <laughs> everything that you're saying is the expression of what Paul meant when he wrote to Philippians in chapter four of that book about rejoicing in the Lord always. Every bit of this contentment, deep contentment, joy, confidence in our everyday life with God, to be content, we have to be intentional about valuing the right things in our lives. Joy is to take delight in. It's an active taking delight, finding the things in life that God has provided for us for which we can be thankful and making it a part of our regular daily practice to thank God in every circumstance of life. And so every day, regardless of what comes our direction, we trust God. Our faith grows. Hmm. And that is a game changer. Wow. I love that. Just saying, wow, it's not up to me. It's it's up to me to arrange my days so mm. that I'm experiencing. But it's up to like God's going to do his part if I will just be still and know that he is God. If I will yield, if I will be silent before him, if Mm -hmm. some of these practices we're going to be talking about are just simple things, but they do require intention and they do require that responsibility on our part to actually follow through with those and not, oh, you know, well, God didn't come through for me today. Well, what did you arrange your day? You know, Mm -hmm. did you make the choices or did you choose those, you know, negative dysfunctional like things to to fill your heart with or you know what did what was your part in that but i love how we do our part but god he's always going to do his part because he's ready he's mm-hmm. waiting on us mm-hmm. he's going to give us that ability to choose him he's not going to force himself on us he's going to say i'm there when you open your heart up and receive what i'm giving you that's so true and it's the difference between a relationship with god and trying to fit religion into Ooh, our lives. 
Yeah. That just doesn't work. And and God is not all about that. He is about us having a relationship with him, a relationship with him that calls us into the life he has for us. Mm, I love that so much. So what can people do this week to begin to arrange their days? Wow. So the biggest thing I would say is just to notice what are you spending your time on? And what are those downtime moments where maybe you would turn to binge watching your favorite whatever, or you would do certain other things and instead look to God, like maybe put on some worship music. Maybe uh, there's an app called the Pause app from uh, Wild at Heart, you know, maybe that. And just use that time for turning your heart to God and turning your heart to Jesus and just loving Jesus in that moment and see how he's going to meet you where you are. That's beautiful. It's exactly what we need to do. And as we are putting influences into our lives, let's not do everything except read God's Word. (laughs) Yep. God's Word is the greatest influence we can ever put into our lives. That's true. We need more of it. We need to know it all. We need to read it all. And that's not going to happen in a day, but as you are arranging your days, make room to read God's Word with a journal in your hand so that you can write down the things that He's teaching you, that you can come back to them, that you can literally begin to pray through what you're reading and pray through what you're learning. And this becomes the passion of your heart as you stick with it over time. 